0: Peace, this peace I give you is not of this world. You will have to go deep into my presence to find that peace, that place of peace. In this world where you will have tribulation, but remember I have overcome the world. I have overcome death. I have overcome the great deceiver. So do not let your heart be troubled. Protect your heart From things that would hurt it, harden it, cause it to get stuck in the mud. I am not looking, oh no, I am looking, searching for pure hearts. I never stop searching for pure hearts.
1: listen to this song, the more I seek you. It says, I want to sit at your feet, lay back and breathe. And we're thinking that must be in heaven. When we get to heaven, we get to sit at his feet and take the cup and all that. But that's right now. You can do that right now. In your prayer time, as you move closer to him, this is what you do. Sit at... Sandy, can we just play that verse? thank you this is possible for you to do right now I want to sit at your feet the more you seek him the more you find him imagine yourself doing that right now in your prayer room in your prayer life this is possible This is possible. It's not just at church or wait till you get to heaven.
2: Can you imagine
1: in your prayer closet you can lay back and feel his
2: heartbeat. When your prayer life increases to this, It will be overwhelming.
1: Overwhelming. Thank you, Sandy. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Father, I thank you. I thank you because that you came, you died for us, you made a way where there wasn't another way, that we have access direct to you. We don't have to go this way or that way. We come direct to you love on you, you love on us. We tell you what's on our mind. So God be glorified today. As we move into a deeper relationship with you. You know, um, most of you Thanksgiving is exciting you're gonna go somewhere or your kids or whatever but to the other half it's a very sad week so here we are four days before Thanksgiving Sandy what I mean like how did how did this happen <laughs> four days if you don't count today I had to ask Jimmy this morning would it be four days or would it be really five days so it's four days until Thanksgiving I cannot believe that this year is like where did it go thank you Marie that's awesome so I want to take you back to the pilgrims and tell you a little story Let you know that the pilgrims even the pilgrims had a choice I read all about pilgrims today I mean this week and they could have thanked God for the fact that they were alive and functioning they could have done that They could have cursed God for the fact that they lost half their people on the way over from England. They could have cursed God because they didn't land in Florida. (laughs) The other choice they had was just to forget about what God did for them and just to live out their lives. But you know what? They chose to be thankful. They chose to be thankful and so we celebrate Thanksgiving for that reason Even though they had a lot to complain about, they chose to be thankful. And we can go through life complaining or being thankful. We can gripe about stuff or we can be thankful. Really, once you move into that role of being thankful, when you step back over to complaining, it just doesn't fit right. So you got to make a decision because you can't do both. You're either a complainer or you're thankful. Today we're going to look at the Healing of the Ten Leopards, as Jesus recorded Luke 17, 11 through 19. Joel, did you uh, get that scripture this week, Luke? Which one? <laughs> Love it. So we look at this story, Luke 17, 11 through 19, and we look at this story, and I hope we can find a few insights from this story. For the Jews, okay, for the Jews, leprosy. I read way too much about leprosy this week. Oh, Lord. Looked at pictures. What was I thinking? Leprosy was the dreaded disease for several reasons. It was painful. You lost fingers. You lost limbs. There was no cure. They were ceremonial unclean. And if that were, they were declared unclean, then they were unfit to even worship. In Leviticus 13.3, anyone who came in contact with a leper was also considered unclean. Therefore, lepers were isolated from the rest of the community, and nobody can, can get to them. And they had to kind of stay in their own group. And um, that way, the community could maintain their status, status of being worshipers. Immediately, the lepers had to go. In Jesus' day, if you had leprosy, the Old Testament commanded that you be put out of the city. Now, we just had a little taste of COVID, and we thought, oh, God, 13 days. Oh, how am I going to be oh, 14 or 15, whatever? Some of you, too. I'm <laughs> just saying. Oh. Um, but if you had leprosy, you had to be put totally out of the city. You couldn't live with any of your family or any of your friends. You had to keep a far distance from any highways or any roads. And when, if that wasn't bad enough, when you were coming toward people, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean, so that people would have a chance to get out of the way. So they would congregate, the lepers would congregate outside the city to help each other. They had little colonies to survive. They'd beg at the gates for food, and if they were fortunate enough to have family coming into the city, leave them food at the gates, and they could pick it up when they left. I mean, I try to compare this to, like, something, and I thought, well, maybe compare it to AIDS or something like that when AIDS first came out, how we reacted to that. We didn't know how it would spread, and so so we had to isolate those with it. Being a leper was a terrible way to live. As Jesus is getting close to his crucifixion, now close... He came across ten lepers. Get that in your mind. He seized them. Imagine how that was because in in thirty three a d there was these lepers were all together. Let me tell you how bad it was. there was no dis it's not like now they had no disability checks. They had no welfare, no food card, no hospitals. They were completely. Abandoned, there was no relief organizations that they could go to, and they were hideous to look at. Their nose, lips, eyes, usually eaten off, uh, no teeth, lost fingers, toes, I mean, they'd lost their homes, they'd lost their careers, all hope was gone. They knew that there was no cure, and they knew that they were going to face a horrible death. Just, I just want to set the stage with you, okay? That's why scripture sometimes say that leprosy is like sin. Isn't that something? It eats away at your spirit and will destroy you. So now uh, Jesus of Lazarus, the great prophet, was healing leopards. And the report of leopards being healed spread like wildfire. These ten lepers heard a report and once determined to get along the road, when they heard Jesus was coming to town, they were, nobody stopping them. They all congregated together, 10 of these guys, and um, wanted to see him. Here are 10 men who was afflicted by this horrible disease. And they were standing the distance like they're supposed to. And they were raising their voices so they could get Jesus' attention as he walked in. This was their only hope. They would shout out, please, please. But it's hard to shout because leprosy affects your vocal cords as well. So they would probably wave and do what they can or jump or whatever they could do. Now they're going, one goal is to get near Jesus. They probably heard since they were hearing everything else of the miracles Jesus was doing. They probably heard about Lazarus. They probably knew that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. So they were there. As Jesus approached, they lifted up their voices and wailed out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. After they called out to Jesus, he said, when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself worthy. Let me just read it out of my Bible because I was showing my sister today. I have my dad's, our dad's Bible today with me. Yeah, isn't that cool? Hey, dad. How cool is this? Let me see if it, you know, when you lose someone you love, you always think, does it smell like him? So I'm in uh, Luke 17. Let me go up to Luke 17:5. It says, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you have faith, it's the size of a mustard seed. Now, Jesus was walking with his apostles and he, and they're begging him to increase their faith. Well, what's about to happen? I mean, if, they, if their faith wasn't increased after this, who now they've seen a lot of things. So I'm going to go down to 11, 1711. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Important to know. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy, met him. Now let me tell you, the Bible always speaks of men. There could have been women, but they only count the men. Like the fishes and loaves, he fed 5,000 men, but there were lots of other people they healed. So we really don't know how many were there. We just know that there were 10 men there. As he was going to the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood in the distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, why would he say, Go show yourself to the priest? That's hard to understand. Why wouldn't he say, You're healed and... Because he knew that the priest was the only one that declared them healed. So they could fit back into the city. So he said, go tell, you know, show yourself to the priest. They're like, dang, we were expecting like to look down and we're instantly healed. I mean, you did raise a guy from the dead. Why would we have to go about three days back to the priest and, and do all of that? Show yourself to the priest. It's Okay. As they're walking back, they look and they're healed. On their walk to show the priest they're healed. Jesus knew that because by the time they got there, there was no sign at all that they had leprosy. And the priest would say, I don't see any leprosy. Go see your wives, your kids. Why don't you go home? I declare you come back in the city. You're totally healed. I mean, how Jesus did this was the coolest thing ever. You get this? So when you read words in the Bible and you go, why did they say that? There's always a reason why they said that. He said, go to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. And they went. They were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Nine of the others were not. This one that came back was a Samaritan. I'm going to keep reading. Jesus asks, did I cleanse ten of ten? Was no one found to return and gave praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That's amazing to me. Their healing was based on their faithfulness to Jesus. So good. This is so good. The one who returned again was not even a Jew. He was a Samarian. So what about the other nine? What about them? Let's not beat them up too bad, but... They had enough faith to do what they were told, but not enough to return and thank Jesus for their healing. Why didn't they come? Well, maybe they were afraid if they did before they went to their priest, they would not be healed, and they were already there, and they're probably, if they had to go to their priest, they're probably, since they're Jews, they're probably close to home, and so they were just walking anyway, went home. Maybe they were, had so much anxiety about being back to their families, living in society, Maybe they just followed the crowd. Nine of the ten didn't go. Maybe just plain thoughtlessness of their great debt to God that they could have. Maybe they just thought they'd just catch him later or something, see him on the road and go, hey, thanks. Maybe they just thought they were just the lucky ten. As they went, the leopards began to notice the flowing of life and filling in their hands as they were walking to the priest. They were like, can you imagine one arm that hadn't moved in months begin to move? doesn't say this, but if they lost an arm, God's capable of just growing that back. They lost fingers. They were able to be healed from all of that. Another notice his scaly skin began to throb with life. Open wounds begin to close. But I do know this. After they walked the three miles to get back to the priest, all ten were completely healed. Luke 17, 11 says that they were on their way to Jerusalem, but they skirted around Samaria. After Jesus' command, the lepers must have taken the straight road back to Jerusalem. They kind of skirted around, but they went straight back. thank you, Jesus, son of David, that one ran back. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sure he just fell on his face. I'm just imagining that he would just fall on his face and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's shocking that people didn't come back to say thanks, but... Many times we get what we want and we don't say thank you. The Samarian knew. I want to tell you, you know, last week I'm telling you all my trash and every week I tell you something, but for a long time and even sometimes now, I'm, I hate to even say, I, I, I'm, I'm the nine. I'm one of the nine. Oh, that just happened because we work hard. Oh, that just happened because we're just, I don't know, we're blessed. That happened because, you know, somebody made a way and did this and that, and that just happened. So I consider myself for a long time, very long, as part of the nine. I'm sure you would have been the one that went back. I'm sure you're all perfect like that. But for me, I would have probably justified it like, I think I was getting well anyway. I mean, I did move my hand and stuff, and I was part of the nine. I don't think this message is for the lost. It's for us, those who are saved that slip back but need a little something for me to stop and see are we the one are we the nine now the leprosy story is pretty weird to tell for a thanksgiving story When the lord showed me that i went whoa and then i started studying all that i was like it's sort of gross and detailed and and but i want you to know be the one and not the nine be the one and not the nine Because we can justify that we're still good and wonderful by being the nine. I don't think it's a light flip decision. I think it's a relational decision. When we have a relationship with God, we can't wait to tell him immediately when something awesome happens. It's about relationships with him. This week, as I sat there and started writing this, I wish I could blame it on somebody else, but I complained about, about everything this week. I couldn't sleep. I operated on the very minimum. It was not a white robe day for me. It was pretty much a white robe week. I would have started a project, and things would happen. Printer got messed up. A big owl moved into my garage and pooped everywhere for three
2: days.
1: (laughs) Jimmy was out of town, and I just got comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes any sense to you. Till the Lord gave me a leper story as I sat down at the computer going, Oh, Lordy mercy. Or what do you want me to preach on? He said, Read the leper story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, gratitude and thankfulness and Thanksgiving happy stories is what I wanted to preach. Not about people's fingers falling off and them unclean and all of that. Then I read this. High school students were asked what the seven wonders of the world is. Most of them said the pyramids and the Great Wall and China, and they were listing all of that except one kid. Be the one. Be the one. Here's what one kid said. I wrote down that the seven wonders of the world are to see, taste, touch, hear, feel, laugh, and Love. That's a high school student writing down the seven wonders of the world. That blew my mind. I started thinking about all kinds of things. I'm thankful for things. But I'll take way too much for granted. Let me read those again. See? Taste? Taste? you know I was complaining that I didn't have my glasses and I couldn't see anything but with glasses I can see thank you God that I can see hear feel laugh love without Jesus' death and his sacrifice who took my place I really wouldn't have anything to give thanks for and neither would you I'm so thankful that even though he knew everything about me He still died for me. I don't know if I would have died for me. Does that make sense to you? But Jesus loved me so much that he died for me. Jesus finishes this discussion with the one who returned back to him. And he says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, I don't know if this is fact, but if you go to Acts 8 and 9, when the gospel went to Samaria, it said the gospel went to Samaria. I wonder who brought it there. Do you think it was that one leper? Word doesn't say, it just said it got there. I feel confident that it was probably him. Saying, y'all remember when y'all cast me out and I had, well, look at me now. Let me tell you, Jesus did this for me. Who are you going to win to the kingdom when you're complaining all the time? Jesus blesses us and he wants us to enjoy what he gives us. Do you have a lot to be thankful for? I sure do. He's done so much for me. He's done so much for you, and he wants—he has so much more to do for you. But we're just complaining this week maybe that our kids won't call, or we're not going home, or we've lost parents, and we're going to have to have a turkey sandwich, or, or something's different, and I miss the old days, and I know, I hear you. God is so good. Be thankful in every little thing. He's done so much for you. You can find reason to be thankful even if you're spending Thanksgiving alone. I not only made a list of what I'm thankful for, but I'm gonna just share you a few things. I'm thankful for my mom because most don't have moms, and, and even though she's sick and and she's 90. <laughs> I'm thankful. We have another, possibly another Thanksgiving with our mom. I'm thankful that when I gropped about paying all these high taxes down here, that I have a home to be able to pay those taxes for. And all the complaining I see and hear about government means that we have still freedom of speech. I'm thankful for this church I wrote down. What continues, God continues to do here. In people, lives changed. This building, parking lot, kitchen, commons, signs being put up. All debt free. My gosh. I'm thankful that even though last night we, Jimmy and I were pretty weary and tired, at the end of the day, I'm thankful we were productive. Got a lot of things done. I'm thankful when our alarm get, goes off in the mornings that we open our eyes and we have stuff to do. I'm switching places and I'm asking you do too. To not be one of the nine, but be the one. To examine yourself and everything you do and say and try and... No, that's the word we don't use. We use the word what? Train. We train. I want you to train to be thankful. I want you to train to be the one. Of course, see, I'm not blasting the other nine. I I, I know. But what about that one that turned back and said, oh, God, thank you. It was well out of his way. He was a Sumerian. Can we just be the one? If we can figure out how to do this, it'll change you. I want you to get a peek of after everything changed on Thursday at my house. Remember the week I had? I could talk about it. I'll talk to two people way too much about it. That's probably why Michael didn't even show up today. He was probably tired of hearing it. <laughs> How do you get this poop off my desk? <laughs> <laughs> so after I realized that I was barely made the cut of nine. Barely made it in even that cut this week, probably not. But I want to tell you as of Thursday, I moved to number one. I want to show you what was blaring out of my house, blaring out of my house this morning, blaring out to the neighbors pretty loud. But I asked you, where's your position We can't just flip the switch and become grateful and thankful. We have to find it in every single situation we do. We can't be thankful in one thing and not be thankful in the other things. You have to be thankful in all things. As minor as they are. Can you do that? Can you be the one that goes back and says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the good... The bad, the ugly, the small things, the times of victory, the times that I fail, I'm thankful. All that I have is yours, and I'm thankful. Can we do that? Be the one. Thank you, God.
0: Yes, God. The good, bad, the ugly, great, and small. The times of victory, and when I fall, I'm so grateful that I'm still standing tall. I thank you for my tears.
1: off on the beach. It's giving you perfect love, do something, just spend time with him, and thank him, it's not just one day a year, it's every breath, every thought, every moment, all the time.
0: You brought me through everything you've gone through. Everything I survived is all because of you. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful for you.
1: Father God, I'm thankful for you. I am so grateful for you. Train us, God. Because it's hard to break years and years of habit. Complaining or spoiled or sad or something. God, I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you train us to be the one. To be the one that we recognize immediately and we come straight to you like this leper did. We want to be the one. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. A great week. That's, I'll see you tonight, though, at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Look at Dad's bookmark. Is the right?